Every five minutes, someone dies while waiting for a compatible donor heart, liver, or kidney. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists strive to engineer an animal with human-compatible organs, thereby saving millions of lives. But these ancestors are not the docile herd animals they envision. Instead, the project spawns something big, something evil, something hungry. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everyone? I'm Noah Daniels, and we're here for another episode of the Real Hauntings Podcast. Hey, guys, and I'm JJ Crable, and today on the podcast, uh, we've got joining us Taylor. Welcome to the show, Taylor. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I saw Taylor's post on Reddit and was really intrigued. It was a post that I would say went viral for the ghost subreddit community. It even got, I think somebody even awarded you silver for your post, which I don't know if I've ever really seen on that subreddit. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it was, it was pretty cool. I mean, it was one of those things where I was kind of on Reddit and I, I don't, I'm not a part of that community or anything like that, but I just kind of came across it and started reading just because I was bored at work. So basically I was like, you know what? I got a pretty good story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Taylor, before we jump into your story, we do usually ask our guests just to kind of get a gauge of where they fall on the supernatural spectrum. This podcast is hosted by two, well, three people sometimes as well. Kat's not here on this episode, but by three skeptics who want to believe in ghosts. So that's kind of the approach we take. So we kind of like to know where our guests are. So on a scale zero to 10, zero meaning you don't believe in ghosts and 10 meaning you absolutely think ghosts are real where do you kind of fall on that scale uh i'm i'd probably say like a, a four to a five i mean to be honest with you I, I don't really i don't really go into that world a lot and i just you know i've had some crazy things happen to me but you know my family is a family of engineers and scientists so in my head it's always like um you know there's always a a realistic explanation for these things yeah yeah it sounds like you and jj would get along really well fair to say you're ghost agnostic uh yeah you could i guess you could possibly say that yeah yeah i, I think jj when we started this podcast you were what about a, a zero is that where <laughs> yeah like maybe uh like 0.5 or something and now yeah. we've done about now 50 I'd, episodes. I'd say i'm like kind of on the fence with it all so i, I put yeah. myself in about a five yeah. right Yes, same, same. Yeah. Well, Taylor, uh, I'm super excited to hear you tell this story. And I think this is one our audience is really going to enjoy. So why don't we jump right in? Okay. Um, so when I was a young lad, my grandparents lived in this absolutely beautiful house um, in South Louisiana. I'm originally from South Louisiana. This house was on a good bit of land in a little suburb outside of Baton Rouge. And I mean, it was just a bit, like I said, a beautiful house, had a long windy gravel driveway, old oak trees that hung over the gravel driveway with moss hanging from it. I mean, it was just, it was a great, beautiful place and a place that I spent a lot of my childhood. So basically, you know, where I started the Reddit story off was I started talking about you know, the previous owner and what, what her deal kind of was. And she was the one who built the house. She was absolutely obsessed with the house. She would often, after she sold it to my grandparents, she would often come back to the house, you know, peer into the windows when they weren't there. And they actually came up on her a couple of times while she was peering into the windows, you know, just kind of checking on the house or whatever. Oh, wow. It was like her a child. So, you know, from what I hear, this woman was a very beautiful woman, very kind woman. She owned a, a shop in the antique district in another suburb of, you know, Baton Rouge. Um, 
and her husband was, I believe, a car crash victim and was uh, severely handicapped. So, you know, as things got worse with his condition and stuff like that, she had to move out of this house and, you know, downsize a little bit to kind of care for him as his medical needs became, you know, more and more. You know, when that happened, they sold the house to my grandmother and my grandfather. That's when I started, you know, spending a lot of time there. You know, before I started spending a lot of time there, this lady who previously owned the house, she was murdered by a notorious serial killer in South Louisiana. Some may know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about Derek Todd Lee. I think he had seven plus victims. Um, Terrible, terrible serial killer. You know, with all that said, when I started spending a lot of my childhood in that house on the weekends, you know, doing stuff like fishing, you know, watching movies, my grandparents cooking with my grandmother, there were just certain things that kind of felt off about the house. And, you know, like I said, my story, hearing footsteps and, you know, stuff like that and creaking, like it had old wood floors in it. So hearing creaking, stuff like that was not abnormal. So it was just one of those things where it felt creepy all the time. Even if you were in the house with like, if, even if I was in the house with my grandmother or something like that, it just it had this like weird vibe, you know? So there's a couple different experiences that I had. One of them being, you know, one night we were sleeping in my grandmother's room when I went over there with my brother. What we would do is we, us two would sleep in the, you know, master bedroom with, with her in the bed. And there was like a knocking. And so it was loud enough to like wake me up. And so I woke up and the cats, she had two Siamese cats and they slept in the bed with us. And when I woke up, the cat was awake and it was loud enough to wake the cat up as well. And it was standing at the end of the bed, looking wherever, you know, looking for where the noise came from. And it was, you know, hairs on its neck were stood up and it just kind of felt like somebody was in the room with us. Um, It was a very creepy, creepy feeling. (laughs) How old were you when that happened, Taylor? I guess I was probably about, six or seven and did your um did you tell your grandmother about this uh no i didn't no (laughs) just because it was kind of one of those things where you know it could have been anything and um i just kind of went back to sleep and didn't really think about it again so i I just want to make sure i've got the timeline straight so when your family first bought the house the you know the original homeowner was still alive and would check in on on you all But then sometime after you had bought the house, she had been murdered. Yep. And that was, it was only after the murder that you started kind of feeling like a weird vibe with that. Well, so when I started, when I, you see, this is where it gets kind of weird because I was very young when she was murdered, like Uh very young. Um, So when I started spending time there, she had already been murdered. Gotcha. Okay. So you don't necessarily know the house before. No. And that's why, yeah. And that's why I kind of left it out the story just because I didn't know, you know, much about the house before any of that happened. Right. Well, uh, what's, what's the next haunting you experienced? Okay. So like I said, just very like stuff like that would happen all the time. And then one time we were asleep in the bed and we would hear like, like, like footsteps on the, and like the, like I said, the wood floor would creak. So like when somebody would step on it, I mean, you would hear this like creaking sound. So, you know, it would sound like somebody was walking on the floor, you know, in front of the bed by the closet. And like the creepy part about that is, is like on that floor were like high heel marks where she would, where this lady would always 
try on her high heels. She was known for her high heels, I guess. That was like one thing my grandmother told me was she was known for her high heels. So in the wood floor were like high heel marks from this, you know, the previous owner of this house. And so, you know, that's another thing that happened. One night we woke up and it was creaky, creaky floors, creaky wood floors. The next thing. But in that ahead. specific area, that's where the floor yes. would creak. Yes. Uh, yeah. That is creepy. And that, that creeped me out. Um, oh, sure. Like I said, could be house shifting, whatever, creeped me out. So, you know, the next thing that happened was it was during the daytime and my brother, my grandmother and my grandfather were out fishing and I was in the office by myself, like the, the computer room office, whatever. And I'm sitting there drawing and I remember this so specifically because I remember what I was drawing. I remember, I just remember it so clearly. It was like one of those things where it really didn't make sense. So it just stuck inside my mind. Um, I was sitting there drawing a pelican that I pulled up on the computer and I was just like copying this pelican. And there was a stack of like maybe four or five DVD cases like sitting on this desk next to me. And I'm sitting there drawing and I look up and then I look back down and this stack of DVD cases just like flies off the desk and lands like probably, I don't know, like two feet away on the floor. And so at that point, I just, you know, got up and ran out while the getting was good because <laughs> I just, I did not want to be in there anymore. It was just kind of creeped me out. So yeah, that was another crazy thing that happened. So you saw the DVD cases actually move from the desk into yeah, there? Man. Yeah, it was kind of, it was kind of weird. I mean, look, it, for all I know, it could have been me leaning on the desk weird and these things, you know, just flying. Um, it could have been a number of things. So now, okay. So you're you're an engineer, or you have? I'm uh, not. I'm actually in marketing. In your family? <laughs> yeah, I'm you, engineers in my family. Yeah. Gotcha. So have you ever asked them to break down the physics of like <laughs> you know how that could happen? You know, I'm gonna have to ask my brother to do that. He's an engineering student at uh, LSU right now, so yeah. I would have to. And my dad, my dad graduated from West Point with in engineering, so. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So I would have to have. I'm just a marketing guy. That's yeah. all I do. <laughs> I'm well, I, you know, I'm like you, I'm always trying to f like think of like, well, what is there like any like reasonable explanation for this? And we've had a couple people claim to have witnessed things just flying off of, mm -hmm. you know, tables or counters. And that really gets me. I mean, I don't, I don't know how you can possibly explain that when, you know, it's a physical thing and you see it and it's, it's there on the floor after that happened. It's not like, something just poofs and disappears so right and it's one of those you know it's one of those things that the reason I put it into the story on my post is just because it like all these things that, that I'm talking about are just things that have you know stuck in my mind I'm sure that I've experienced you know some more stuff mm -hmm. at that house that um I just didn't even think about but these are all things that I just think about all the time like wow that was crazy or like I wonder what happened there you know that kind of thing did you ever do anything weird, like call out her name or anything when the story? Oh happened? no! Oh no! No, man. Uh, you know, like I said, I'm really not. I don't know what to believe. I don't know what to. I'm just kind of, you know, whatever. But nah, that's not my. That's not my thing, man. You want to get a Ouija board and start asking? Oh hell no! <laughs> no, sir. So how? Like once that happened, and you go and tell your family, and they kind of dismiss mm -hmm. it a little bit. At that point, did you know about her being murdered or did you find that I, I out did not. later? Okay. Yeah, I, I did not. So basically um, what happened is after enough of these things like continued to happen, just like weird noises and stuff like that, um, it was one night and my grandmother just, you know, 
told us. She was like, you know, this used to be blah, blah, blah's house. Um, just to let you know, she was, you know, this is what happened to her. This was, you know, the, you know, basically this is just, this is what happened to her. And so after that, uh, it was, it was creepy for sure. Just knowing that, you know, this lady loved this house so much and she was, you know, killed in such a way that, you know, it was so brutal and everything like that. It was definitely creepy, but still, I, I mean, as a little kid that, that stuff freaks you out. Um, but even now, like I said, it's just one of those things where I don't know what was going on, but it, it kind of makes you ask yourself, like, did that contribute in any way? Yeah. And did your, any of your other family members ever, your brother or your grandparents, did they ever experience anything? My, my brother all the time, just because he was with me every single time I went, went over there. Um, my grandmother, and like, like I said, look, my, my grandparents are totally people of science. Like they're both chemists from LSU. Um, and so like, they don't really play with that stuff. They're just like, you know, whatever. But my grandmother on my mom's side swore to me, up and down, and I don't know if I believe this or not, but she swore to me up and down that she talked to my grandmother. And basically she said that they knew that there was something going on in the house, but they just didn't, they basically didn't want to acknowledge it. And so, like I said, could be a total made up story, but I don't know, it's kind of weird. Well, they at least, you know, wanted to give you some kind of explanation about because, I mean, you wouldn't necessarily normally tell a kid about somebody who got murdered. Right. So, you know, they at least wanted to offer some explanation to you, you know, to, I don't know, right. not necessarily to validate, but to at least give you something to lean on. <laughs> yeah. Outside of that home, have you ever experienced anything or has it all been contained inside of that home? I mean, not really. I mean, like, uh, my parents had a place in New Orleans and they were like, footsteps there but it was i mean it was a condo so it's i mean there's people all around you um so it, it could be that but yeah man those not i mean not really yeah i know after a couple of hand grenades i usually feel like i see ghosts in new orleans but right <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> well so with all these experiences you had there what ended up happening to that house in 2016 majority of baton Rouge flooded along with a lot of its suburbs and um, that house got like eight feet of water in it or something crazy like that. And with that said, it, I mean, it took down all the walls, took down some of the ceiling. I mean, just crazy, crazy flooding. So of course they had to knock down all the walls, take out some of the ceiling, you know, stuff like that. And um, ended up selling it. But you know, the crazy thing is when they were in the middle of rebuilding it, my house, my family's house flooded as well. And I was staying with a friend and she asked me to grab a key from her and go unlock it. So, you know, the builders could get in. And so I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. But it was kind of, it was kind of weird because I was like, you know what? I like, I want to go back there. Like it's, I just want to see how it feels. You know, I just want to see like been since you had been back at that uh, house. A few years, man. Let's see. Probably five years or so just okay. because they they had a couple other places that they were going back and forth to and they just didn't spend a lot of time there not only that but it, it i mean it scared the crap out of me and my brother so we didn't like sure. being in there anyway um and so you know we spent a lot of time at their other places you know like i said i wanted i wanted to go back i wanted to just kind of see what it was like without the walls first of all but second of all like if i still felt that same way if i still felt scared so i wanted to go a little early so i, I pulled up to the 
you know, pulled up in the driveway a little early and it was, it just looked like complete crap because, you know, it flooded, it got eight feet of water in it. Everything around it looked like, I mean, the whole area looked like crap. I go up to the, to the door that we used to walk in and this door was an old wooden door with like stained glass window. It was extremely beautiful, just nice. And they, the door stayed on. They ended up keeping the door. Um, but anyway, I walked in. You could see through the whole house from the kitchen. So like you could see everything. And the, all the wooden floors that creaked all the time were taken out. Everything was taken out. All of their belongings, everything. And it was just a bare house with no walls and just a little bit of ceiling. You know, I kind of sat there for a minute and it was like, it was like, whoa, this is, you know, it's different. I don't know if it was because I was older or maybe just because, you know, it, that flood, it felt to me like it just kind of took whatever it had in it and just like took it with it, you know? And that's not very um, scientific of me to think that way, or it's not very logical of me to think that way, but it just kind of makes me, kind of makes me feel a little bit better to be honest with you, just because, you know, like there, there was something with that house. I don't know what it was but it, it was something. So it was just kind of cool for me to come back and feel like it's, it, it's totally different. It feels totally different. I know um, JJ a lot of times is curious about this. When you say you felt like that energy or that feeling, how would you describe that? When I felt that it was gone is what you're saying? No, like when you were a kid and you said that you oh, know, okay. just had an energy or a vibe, yeah. like what, what did that feel like to you? So a perfect example, part of the story that I kind of skipped over is um, like one night, my grandfather and I, and this is by far the scariest thing that's ever happened to me to this day. Um, one night I was watching a movie with my grandfather and um, he had fallen asleep in his recliner, laid back, you know, snoring. Uh, and I continued watching the movie. I think it was, I think it was Ice Age, to be honest with you. Um, and so <laughs> I was watching the movie by myself. I was sitting in a chair like next to him. When it gets dark out there, I mean, it gets like dark, dark. It's like, out in the middle of, not in the middle of nowhere, but it's out in a suburb. So it's, it's kind of, I mean, just kind of out there. Um, it gets really dark and really quiet. Um, I'm watching this movie and my, my grandfather's snoring and all of a sudden it just felt like somebody was watching me and I cannot explain that to you any other, any other way. It felt like somebody was watching me and it felt so intense that it felt like somebody was standing next to me with their face, like in my face. And so I kind of started looking around and it, it, it was very uncomfortable. I mean, very uncomfortable to the point where it felt like I was, you know, it felt like the, the room was shrinking in itself. It was very strange. I mean, obviously that was not happening, but that's what it felt like. And it felt very claustrophobic, it felt very stuffy. And so I'm just sitting still, you know, I'm so scared. I, it's like, I don't even want to move. It, it just goes away. Creepy, but I swear to God it happened. <laughs> I've been heard the, like the hallway to the back of us start creaking like somebody had walked away or like somebody was walking away from us. Like walking and, away on high heels? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, man. Yeah, that is that is creepy. So like after that happens, I mean, I, I had a creepy thing happen as a kid. And I guess I always ask people, like, how do you kind of deal with that? But I guess I just kind of ignored it and went on. Is that kind of what you did too? Like you, you. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. we were, we were very busy as kids. We played sports every single season that they had yeah. a season for sports. We were, you know, busy in school, busy with family, whatever. So it, it wasn't really one of those things where we had time to kind of, um, uh, kind of think about it too much. It was one of those <laughs> things where we were just, you know, constantly doing something. Cause I feel like as an adult, like if I saw stuff fly off the table and felt like the room was, 
closing in on me. Like I would probably go to therapy, but as a kid, you're just like, <laughs> Hey, this happened. And everybody tells you, no, it didn't. And you just kind of go, okay. <laughs> exactly. And that's the thing. Cause like, you know, at, as a kid, you're sitting there going like, okay, well, whatever, maybe it just didn't happen. And as a, as an adult now, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking like, you know, was that just me being a kid mm-hmm. or, you know, was that, but it's also one of the scariest, I mean, that is by far the scariest thing that's ever happened to me. Um, it was very creepy, you know, something I would never want to experience again. But like I said, thinking back on it, it's like one of those things where you're like, was that just me being a kid and just, you know, not knowing what was going on and kind of being scared and in my own head and that kind of thing. I don't know. That's fascinating because it's kind of a mixture of, it's more like poltergeist stories we've heard because there was so much physical, you know, it wasn't like you necessarily saw like an apparition or something. It was a lot of like stairs creaking, but seeing the CDs fly off the table, we don't hear a lot of those kind of stories. We have heard some, but I mean, it's, it's more, usually more, we hear like somebody heard like sounds or maybe saw like a ghostly figure or woke up from a dream or, you know, something like that. But to physically see something move would be pretty wild. It was wacky, man. And like I said, it could have been the way I, who knows maybe my elbow nudged it or something like that but it was it was squirrely for sure yeah i had a i had a when i was young i almost thought there was a ghost i I had a glass on like a wood table and it had condensation underneath it it slid yeah and it just started moving on its own and i was like what that'll get you every time man (laughs) and then i like you know i I figured it out but (laughs) oh yeah that'll get you every time (laughs) i was certain there was a ghost well jj do you have any more questions for taylor before we get him out of here i like old houses make a lot of you know creepy noises for sure but you know that thing about the dvd cases i mean that's really like a big stumper i don't know how you how you explain it it was definitely one of the creepiest things that's ever happened to me yeah yeah Absolutely. Well, we're glad you survived the uh, the haunting <laughs> at the, the serial killer house. And um, thanks so much for coming on our podcast and sharing the story. Absolutely, man. Thank you all for having me so much. Yeah, so that was a pretty crazy one. It, it, it kind of slowly built. And I, in the back of my head, I was like, man, I swear there's one more story. And so I'm, I'm glad he got to that last one because uh, while he didn't like see something in that, just just hearing somebody talk about the emotions they go through and some of these things is, is almost as scary as like seeing a ghost or something. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. And I mean, clearly like the, the creaky noises, it seemed like that was something that happened a lot that he was pretty used to, but something about that one experience where he said the, the walls were closing in on him. Yeah. Um, you know, I wonder what it was about that experience that, really made that stand out so much to him. You know, it's a shame that he never really got to ask the grandparents like those questions. It sounds like when they were older, you know, like what, what was really going on in that house? Cause I, I guess his other grandparent claims that the grandmother that lived there had said, yeah, we had some spooky stuff going on. Yeah. Um, be I nice would, to know what was going on. Yeah. It's so built up. Like, a horror story right you've got a lady that people sounds like she was kind of a to-do in town and then unfortunately ends up being murdered by a serial killer and the house stays haunted until a flood comes and like washes away all the memories of the house like i mean it's kind of crazy and poetic the way it all just went yeah for sure but does it move the needle in terms of whether you believe in ghosts or not if it does, it's only because it was so obvious how much of a skeptic he is, and he's still willing to share the story, 
Right. Um, Cause we, we have all types of people come on and share their stories and you can tell like the people that are truly believers, they really get in and, and put a lot of like emotion and energy behind their story. Almost like they're trying to sell their story. And for him, it was more just like, yeah, I don't really believe in this, but this is what I experienced and I can't explain it, which is a different kind of episode and a, a different kind of view on the paranormal. But it does make me oddly give his story more credit than some of the others. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I guess, I, you know, I'd still say I'm like in five territory, yeah. um, you know, creaky noises and things that sound like footsteps. That could be, a, you know, a whole variety of things. Yeah. Where I get less certain is, you know, the stuff uh, falling off of a table or whatever. Right. I mean, and, you know, it seems like you know, he's pretty open to the possibility that it might have, you know, might have a, a reasonable explanation. So, you know, I guess I, I am, ha him having been there firsthand, you know, trust his experience there. Uh, but I don't know, it's hard to, hard to say for sure. Yeah, I so wanted him to say that, like, he saw the imprints of the high heel moving as he heard. Oh, the that's what yeah. I was thinking at first too. Like they like saw, could see like footprints in the floor, but yeah. yeah like if we were writing this, that's what would, yeah. Uh, paranormal. <laughs> yeah, if we were writing like a screenplay on this, that's for sure what you would put in after learning that, you know, you would, you would see these little dots walking down the floor and then the character would learn that she had this obsession with high heels. And yeah, yeah, it's a cool story. I mean, anytime you can wrap in like a serial killer into a ghost thing, I think Oof. it inherently makes it more interesting and kind of dark and spooky. You know? Okay. What's scarier to you? Ghosts or serial killers? Serial killers for sure. 100%. <laughs> Cause I know those are real. Right, <laughs> <laughs> but a ghost serial killer that that could be pretty scary too yeah that sounds Those. terrifying yeah it's been kind of crazy um having all these people on from reddit and hearing all their stories i'm curious to see if we continue to get more kind of scarier content because we i guess are reaching kind of a broader audience now online and i'm also kind of curious to see if that changes once the pandemic ends and we're kind of able to fish from our local community a little more for guests yeah who knows i guess you'll just have to subscribe to the podcast uh, to find out yeah, absolutely. Subscribe, review, download, tell people, tell your grandmother, tell your aunt, tell your uncle, tell your mom, tell your dad, tell your brother, tell your sister, even if they hate ghosts, tell them this will prove them right. Just let them listen. So we're yeah. skeptics. Invite them. Come on, guys. Let's get on this. We're going to try to start bringing you guys some special content and we appreciate all the downloads and likes and everything that you guys have given us to this point. We hope you are all staying safe in these trying times and we appreciate it, guys. With that, I'm Noah Daniels. I'm JJ Crable. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? 
Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts.